This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and... 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to Not Over It. I'm Becky Kirsch, Managing Editor at Pop Sugar, And I'm Zareen Sneaky, the Director of Audience Development at Pop Sugar. Zareen, what's your Not Over It for the week? I am not over the fact that, for some odd reason, Nick Jonas and Priyanka Chopra Jonas were the chosen ones to talk um, to tell us the Oscar nominations this year. I mean, Why? Clearly, what do you mean? You're confused about Nick Jonas just, has given us so many Oscar-worthy performances in <laughs> such movies what? as Camp Rock. My God. It was also, he wasn't at the Grammys. Isn't he a musician? It's just all very, very confusing. And I did really like Nick Jonas on um, Scream Queens. I didn't watch that lie. show. Don't go back and watch it now. That's That was my not over it of the week. Although, shout out to our sister brand, cousin brand, sibling brand, or I guess sibling. I don't, well, I don't know now what this, brand it is. Now, <laughs> now this was nominated for an Academy Award for Best Short Film for the, um, the short film Two Distant Strangers. So that's Perhaps. cool. Becky, what was your not over it? Okay, now we're something completely different. My not over it is this roller coaster of I don't know what that happened to Pete Davidson last week. It started with a press release that said that Pete Davidson was launching a production company called Bodega Cats LLC. And you're like, okay, Pete Davidson's launching a production company. I can see that. But within the press release, it said he was launching it with his wife, who... Oh, yes. He Doesn't was a childhood <laughs> friend of his, but it acknowledged that the news of his wife had not been released to the world yet. Like it was self-referential in that the press release said, you know, the cat's out of the bag on our production company and our marriage. And this was released on, you know, PR Newswire outlets were picking it up. The best part of the press release for me was that they said they had to come forward with all of this in time for St. Patrick's Day because the production company is very focused on diversity and representation and inclusivity and specifically, and I quote, since Pete is Irish and our platform is about diversity and belonging and entertainment, we're going to do something special for St. Patrick's Day on our social media. We're going to highlight the holidays history and bring awareness to how the Irish have been prosecuted in media and the cultural appropriation Their community continues to face around this holiday today. Now, listen, I'm half Irish, so no disrespect to the Irish community. I don't personally feel like that we're the number one um, community that's being persecuted right now, especially not last week. Pete Davidson's fake wife, whose name is Michelle Mootready, her entire week really went downhill from there because immediately this was debunked by Pete's 
um, you know, legal team who's like, no, Pete Davidson's not married. No, Pete Davidson's not launch- launching a production company. Pete Davidson has no idea who this woman is, even though she was insinuating on her Instagram that she was also pregnant with Pete Davidson's baby and had an entire Instagram account for Bodega Cats LLC and an entire website. Um, And it only went continued to devolve from there. And ultimately, she was arrested a few days later for trespassing at his house. So this woman is a full-blown stalker who was ultimately arrested. And I think I'm not over one, the dedication on her part, also the prowess the fact that she was able to convince anyone that this was real with a real fake press release. I mean, then there's also, I mean, there's a lot to explore here because there's I mean, also to get the inside recent... of his house. And she's like casually having a cup of coffee or something. And his cousin was like, uh, it is clear that she definitely is not all there and deeply obsessed with <laughs> what makes you say that Pete Davidson. I mean, all of this scamming really lends nicely oh, to, uh, I see what you did there, Becky. The I see what you did there. Today's podcast. So. Yes. Today, we have a very special guest joining us, Maggie Panos, who is a senior editor at Pop Sugar and also a pop culture expert. Welcome, Maggie, to our podcast. Thank you, Becky. It's nice to be here. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and a little bit about your role at Pop Sugar? Sure. Well, I have been at Pop Sugar for actually nine years. This is my anniversary month, Pop Sugar anniversary, as we say. Hey, at Pop Sugar. happy anniversary! Oh my goodness, Thank nine you. years! Nine I years, know. the same place in media. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I would say so. My tenure falls somewhere between Becky and Zareen. Um, Becky, you're at what fifteen? Mm, Seventy-five. A woman never tells. <laughs> Seventy-five. At, it's been eighty-four years since Becky joined Pop Sugar. Um, and so I've been, I started in the New York office, then I went to San Francisco and I'm now in Portland. Uh, this whole time I've been basically on the entertainment and celebrity team. The only difference is I started on that team and now I am the manager of our freelance program for that team, Pop Sugar Voices, shout out to the voices team. Uh, but over my, my time at Pop Sugar, I've interviewed many a celebrity, Maybe we should get into it. Yes, let's. Uh, the theme of today's podcast, as Becky hinted towards, we are going to dive into the world of crime documentaries, specifically cons and scams. I think, yeah, so as Becky sort of just hinted, what we're going to be covering on today's show is crime, specifically uh, cons and scammers. Which is our favorite kind of crime. I think she said with such delight. I know. It, well, because it's as as Becky likes it. Where is it? Was it you that called it a victimless crime? No, but it is. Well, it's, I mean, it's not on a victimless crime. Is. Yeah, it's not a victimless crime, but it's less um, serious than sort of what we kicked off this entire journey with a couple of years ago. Like I think as a as a society, we've been obsessed with crime for a while, and I I think at least it kicked off and. 2014 when we had the podcast serial that I think everyone was collectively listening to and like obsessed with what was happening with Adnan Sayed and just that entire thing. And then it sort of divulged into the jinx, which was the first crime documentary that I felt every single person I knew was watching um, and talking about how like just crazy Robert Durst is. Um, I would say that's still my favorite like crime documentary of all time. It was, yeah, it I, was done so I well. We were all just I know towards it. so hooked. But I think those were sort of the things that kicked off, um, you know, like the jinx and making of a murder. 
and making then a murderer. Making a murderer. Um, <laughs> thank you, Becky. Um, there probably is a making of a murder. There's a how to get away with murder. I just want to make sure everyone's aware of which murders we're talking about. Yeah, I think but making I, a murderer was was huge in that it was really Netflix's first right. big streaming hit that everyone was watching about um, about murder about not their murder. first big streaming <laughs> hit. Yes, about murder. But even people who you wouldn't necessarily think were like true crime fans or right. docu series fans were like, "Oh my god, have you seen this?" Yeah, so I think we sort of started out with this obsession of murder documentaries and shows, which we we are still very much obsessed with. I personally watch Dateline like every other day, um, which is a so classic. my mom. Yeah. SNL company. did a skit about this like just a couple of weeks I know, ago. and I felt so seen. I felt so seen watching that skit. <laughs> it was good. Now that song is great. I'm making my ringtone if that was still a Why thing. Why don't you sing it? Murder show, murder show. <laughs> I'm gonna watch a murder show, murder show. I'm gonna watch a murder show. Netflix, Showtime, HBO, and Dateline. Murder show, murder show. I'm gonna watch a murder show. YouTube. That's how I feel about about the weed dummies sketch, but Becky already knows that. Yeah, so I feel like we kind of like kick things off with this obsession with murder crimes, and then it sort of dive, has morphed into something else, which maybe we as a society got we're like this is too much it's too dark we need this but we need a, a diet version of it well i think it's just like there's an appetite for more at all times and this is sort of like the little sister of the of the true crime murder podcast are the true crime con and scam and fraud right. and so the diet version going from murder was go to scams and cons which we can't we're now obsessed with as a society which is sort of like the new not the new thing but i feel as if people are maybe consuming scam documentaries more now versus darker murder documents. I think the pandemic has just tired us out. Maybe we just need I mean, we need something dark, but we don't want anyone to die at the end of it. Is what well, we want. that's that's what I was going to say. Is like there's a lot of heavy stuff going on in the world right now, and I I can speak for myself in that like. I don't want to watch the news and see all this stuff happening and then go watch someone get murdered on my own time and figure out who did it. Like, it's just not really appealing to me as much anymore. Um, right. It's also, more fun to be like, oh, this person went to jail for this. This is good. Like, this is probably what should have happened. Um, right. It feels well, I, I'm, less dark. For me also, who, for one reason or another, I don't even know if it's like, oh, this is too dark for me for the murder true crime stuff. I mean, for making up a murder, I just got kind of bored. I was like, I don't need to see nine hours of like whatever happened to this man and where he is. But um, not only, like you said, does usually the person get caught at the end. So there's like that vindication of like this guy or woman, as it may be, like went to jail or got what they deserved. It's the fascination with their ability to trick so many yeah. people, depending on this you know what it was, whether it's I mean, like. We'll get into, you know, some of the greats. Yeah. Why don't we take a quick break? And then when we come back, we'll dive into some of these most recent scam docs that we can't get enough of. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. 
So one of the more recent offerings in the scam documentary category is Operation Varsity Blues, which is Netflix's take on the college admission scandal. Um, the star of may... that show was um, Olivia Jade. Not not the star of the documentary, the star of the actual scandal. Yeah, the actual scandal. And Felicity um, Huffman. Yes, Full House's Lori Loughlin played a role. Aunt Becky. Yes. I, for, she'll always be Aunt Becky to me. I watched Operation Varsity Blues. It was okay. It, t- it actually took me a few like sit-downs to like finish watching the whole documentary. I thought that the the calls recreated from the FBI wiretaps were interesting, but overall, it didn't grab me. I watched it too, and I I also agree that it took me a couple of times to get through it. But I was telling, unfortunately, but I was telling <laughs> this movie is like an hour and forty minutes. I know it's not that long. It was just a busy week, you know. It was just one of those. Both things. of you are like, I love watching murder docu series that go on for twelve episodes. Well, They're yeah, like, this this one and a half hours. But this show, one was also done. In, but see, so this one just made me crave Dateline because it was made in a way that <laughs> the way Dateline is sort of set up where they had actors playing these roles, so. It, it felt confusing to me if I was watching a documentary or if I was watching a scripted, I, I don't know. And then I was like, I could just watch an episode of Dateline. What's happening here? Oh. Yes. Yeah, so to clarify the, well, we should just clarify that if you haven't watched this documentary yet, what they do is they take the actual um, conversations from phone calls and wiretaps and present it in a acted acted out way with actual actors you may have seen before such as Matthew Modine yeah I think Matthew Modine is the only recognizable actor in it I mean also so one of the things that Operation Varsity Blues does is it kind of highlights the um racial and class privileges that these parents have had getting their kids into school these kids who have every opportunity to have studied for their exams and been on certain sports teams and chose not to and instead take what rick singer called the side door um so yeah it's just gross and especially in today's climate it's like do i really want to take time to watch this this is i mean it's it's just like you're watching privileged people be like exercise their right to be privileged like heavily. yeah i mean they're they're already like have all of these advantages and they're like you know what mm, like, well, my kid's an off. idiot how I... can he get into usc I'm like right but i think I... but i think so that's the fascination behind it though is the fact that like stuff like this is happening all the time in terms of rich privileged people continuing to reap the benefits of being rich and privileged whether right. they're benefits that we already know about which is um, you know, just making massive donations to these things or going to these ridiculous lengths to go to I mean, some of these are like to get into schools that like, I'm sorry, or not even that like Well, yeah, dangerous. that's the thing. It's like my kid's a moron. Like, how can he get into this school that it should be and very easy what, for him to get into? Right. But yet I have to give five hundred thousand dollar donation in order for him to be considered. I but again, knowing too. knowing that they're gonna get their come up and at the end is the best part. Well, right. I mean, right. I did enjoy watching the journey of sort of, because to me during this entire thing, I had no idea what the actual process was, right, within this scam that had taken place. So that was interesting to me to see how Rick Singer actually called these parents, set up this very well-oiled machine where he had this whole network of parents feeding him money and he was operating it like such a business, which is really gross, but also... I'm not impressed, but I was just like, damn. Like, I well, I mean, and I think that's a running theme through. And the fact that none of these, these parents questioned shit. They were just 
wiring money, like massive amounts of money. To not, them. Like, but not only did they not question it, some of them clearly knew some, it was very shady. Cause they were like, I don't want to be associated with, I don't, I don't know about any of this. I just did my part. Well, you know what your part is. Right. And- well, some of them questioned it. I mean, one of the women was like, my younger daughter's dumb and she's that fine with it, but my so or my older daughter, one of my daughters horrible. is dumb and, and is like fine with it. And but the other one, you know, she's not like that. Like she's smart. She's gonna figure this out. She's smart. She's gonna figure this out. She's gonna say to me, she already thinks that I'm like up to no good. And I just I didn't want to have this conversation with her. No, no, yeah, I, I got it. I, I I totally get it. She's totally different than my older daughter. What about the person who's literally taking the SATs for children? Right. Yeah. I, don't I thought know. they made a really good point about the, the guy who was like, everyone refers to him as a genius, but he's taking tests meant for 11th graders. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I think I'm more confident in my ability as an 11th grader than I am now in my SAT skills. Oh, I, mean, I would fail an SAT. You had a right train now, for, for sure. That. Yeah. Yeah. With, right. It's all like fresh in your brain at that point. Right now, I'm like, I don't know what's going on. Yeah. Let's talk about um, some of the other classics or, you know, some of our favorite fraud documentaries or docu-series. I know that we all are aligned in loving the Fire Festival. Oh, man, that was such an event. Yeah. Two documentaries. Okay, Amazing. I was going to say, which are you more into? Are you more of a Netflix Fire Festival person or Fire Fraud? I think I like the Hulu one just because it wasn't, that was not associated with the guys that, were involved in the, no, pro- that's the Netflix one. Oh, the Netflix yeah, the one? Hulu, the Hulu one, one, one has Billy interviews with him in it. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So whichever one that they were not involved in. <laughs> I like the one where they were portrayed how they should be portrayed, in my opinion. Well, the Netflix one, I think, even though they were released very close together, is the one that got it more was better attention yeah. specifically for Andy. Oh, God. And the lengths he had to go to or almost would have gone to in order to hydrate all the fire festival. Billy called and said, Andy, we need you to take one big thing for the team. And I said, oh my gosh, I've been taking something for the team every day. He said, well, you're our wonderful gay leader and we need you to go down. Will you suck dick to fix this water problem? Yeah, we definitely watched those back to back in my house. And I remember liking the Netflix one slightly more. And I also remember being in the Pop Sugar office while the fire Festival stuff was happening. And like those pictures coming out in real time of the styrofoam with the sad sandwiches. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, now it's also like looking back on it, it's become this anytime someone goes somewhere and they have like a crappy meal or some hotel room is garbage. Mm-hmm. They, it's like, oh, it feels like Firefest over here. It's become yeah. now like a punchline of. But I think to me, the biggest thing with those documentaries was the amount of star power that Billy McFarlane was able to get these huge celebrities, Kendall mm-hmm. Jenner and Hillary, Haley Rhodes, Bieber Baldwin. Was Emily, Emily Ratajkowski, was she in it too? Oh, yes, yes, yes. She named her daughter Sylvester. Um, but yeah, she, <laughs> she like it's important. Thank you for that footnote. You're welcome. <laughs> um, she was... Um, she was in it. I think Gigi Hadid, maybe there was like a bunch of people that they got. And also, right. of course, his like co-sponsor, which was wild, was Ja Rule. Ja oh, my God. Rule. No, I mean, he had actual musical acts lined up that were ready to go until they saw footage of the cheese sandwich. I mean, that's as 11th hour as it gets. Oh, it was horrific. It was also really sad to watch all the people that on the island that they right. screwed over 
you know, with these like massive amounts of labor that they had them do. And then basically, you know, nobody came to the festival or just like, we should note that Billy is still in jail and Billy McFarland is still in jail and doing a podcast from Billy jail. Billy McFarland is only 28. God. He's 28 years old? Yes. In my head, he's 42. I know. He's only 28. Yes. No, not no. only is, is he doing a podcast, but he has been receiving solitary confinement in jail for doing that podcast. I'm sure they're going to reboot Orange is the New Black and it'll be about Billy McFarland. Just Billy? Like, he's just gonna, gonna be, be fine. <laughs> that is horrific to me. Well, someone who I'm shocked that has not received a podcast yet is Elizabeth Holmes from (laughs) the documentary that we saw as we were all enthralled with the entire experience of Theranos, whatever Mm -hmm. it was. Half of that entire documentary was me figuring out what it even was that she was selling. Vials of blood. I was like so confused. The documentary was called Bad Blood. Right. Oh. Um, it was actually called Inventor Out for Blood in Silicon Valley on HBO. <laughs> we both Just got it wrong. Rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? Sure does. Uh, for those who missed the Inventor on HBO, A, go back and watch it. But B, if you need kind of a primer, uh, it revolves around Elizabeth Holmes, who's the CEO and founder of Theranos, which is no longer a thing. Uh, it was a health technology company. And her whole thing was that her team had invented this blood testing machine that could tell you all of these results with just one prick of a finger, which is, as we learned, kind of an impossibility with the amount of blood that people were able to give. But she conned either herself or herself and and thousands of people into believing that it would at some point actually work uh, and got millions and millions of dollars to be invested. I think the dream was that she would have these machines in local pharmacies where Right. Anyone could just go in there and get blood work done super quickly versus having to go to the doctor. So the idea of it was something that people, you know, were were excited about and would really have changed the face of, you know, a lot of processes, a lot of, you know, what's happening in medical offices and everything. The problem is that she was full of shit from day right. one. Right. And the best part about for me, the best part about that documentary is that her advisor at Stanford was like the whole time was like yeah no I I knew this could never work and then she just like used her feminine charms on like some old man who yeah which was also so gross. disturbing well I feel like when I think of like scammers and fraudsters maybe they are 50 60 year old men who have like been around the block but Elizabeth Holmes just didn't fit that mold for me and for a lot of people she was in her how dare you 30s. i just told you billy mcfarland was 28 years old he does not <laughs> want to be right in right. i think yes. that's the thing is the 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 pr- example with all of these documentaries is that it, it's not just i mean with the exception of racing or with the varsity or um the college admin- admission scandal he very much fits the mold of a guy that would con a white like white collar crime whatever it is but Okay, With let's Elizabeth. just call it what it is. Privileged white men. They're yeah. the scammers. They're yeah. the fraudsters. Yes. Yes. Elizabeth Holmes is privileged, but she was a young, white, blonde lady in her early 30s. There aren't a lot of women in that industry, and not certainly not a lot of women who are allowed to be as successful as she was getting. I mean, she was on, what, Forbes's list for the youngest and wealthiest self-made female billionaire in America. That's crazy. Right next to Kylie Jenner. Well... <laughs> Well, maybe she should I probably have, I have a lot more respect for Kylie Jenner. Yeah. I'll just say that. 
Right. I mean, she did it with lipsticks and it seems a lot easier. That that route seems easier right. and also requires sure. less jail time. So I would mm-hmm. probably opt for is, that. So is Elizabeth Holmes in jail now? No. So her trial, I believe, is delayed because she is pregnant. So it's going to begin on July 13th um, of this year, tentatively. Something else that's cra- that's crazy to me, though, about this fraud in the midst of all these other frauds is that the rest of them, there's a pretty clear, um, you know, gain for oneself to be had in all of these, you know, with Billy McFarland and with the Operation Varsity Blues and, and with some of these others that we're going to talk about. It's like this person wants money and or notoriety and like there's really not much more that they're trying to do here with this scam. I mean, obviously, we don't know what her mo- actual like motives are, but the products she was trying to produce did promise to if it worked do something that would have benefited tons of people well, yeah. and mm-hmm. like, the idea behind would have been it like a scientific right sorry go ahead no i was gonna say the idea behind it was very good like i think she had wishful thinking and she was maybe surrounded by people who told her it could at some point happen and she convinced herself that it was going to happen a lot sooner than right. later i think she became consumed with being the celebrity Right. For, and and sort of lost sight of the actual goal. And also, I I think she hired a bunch of people that she just assumed were going to handle it. And that, as we saw in that documentary, so many people that like worked for her made a you know made a note a couple of times within like those interviews and said it was a toxic place to work. She didn't want to hear no. She she would shut down conversations when they would you know mention that hey hey this isn't testing the way that it's supposed to. Mm-hmm. Whatever was happening, she tended to shut down those conversations and was like, no, just make it happen. And now no, we're going to do think, an interview with Oprah. That's where, I think that's where she and Billy McFarlane are very similar. Is where yes. it's sort of like, all these people are like, hey, man or woman, this is not really going to work. And they're like, no, no, it will. It'll all work out. And that's, I mean, that's just like text. Yeah, they all share the um, the con gene. Yeah. They all have something in common. <laughs> like a mental I'm pretty sure that's just narcissism yeah. is what that is. It's magical thinking. Yeah. I was thinking about how Jennifer Lawrence is going to play Elizabeth Holmes in an upcoming movie about all this in an Adam McKay movie. And I actually think she's going to do a great job. Yeah, she's going to. She is. She's a naturally low octave voice. I feel like she can really. Yeah. So that's what her voice already already is sort of there. um, There's also going to be a a Hulu series about this, I believe. I know Kate McKinnon was originally casted, but has since dropped out. But I believe the series is still going to move. I'm really curious about on. the tone of that series. I feel like if they had Kate McKinnon in it, there's no way around the fact that it would just be kind of funny. But I feel um, like that would have been a really good opportunity for us to see Kate in a completely different... I, I really do think Kate McKinnon is capable of any role. I think she's so talented. And it would have been nice to see her outside of a comedic role. So yeah, I, no, I agree. Bumped. I mean, I think her ability to do impressions of people, you know, is basically just practice for actual acting and playing that part yes that's kind of another theme we're seeing with a lot of these especially the scam stuff is once it's out there once the story is out there either as an article or a documentary all of a sudden all the other adaptations spring up so it's out there as an article now it's a podcast now it's become a scripted series now it's a different documentary like these things just never die we're going to be seeing them in the pop culture landscape for the next you know few years as these and there's someone out there conning someone scamming someone as we speak right now right now and next year this time we'll be talking about how there's a hulu or netflix series or 
coming out about them. It's never going to end. I don't want it to. Yeah, I don't either. No one's dying. They're just getting conned. Okay, so two that I've gotten really into lately are both on HBO. One is The Lady in the Dale, which just premiered at the end of January. It's only four episodes, and it is the story of Elizabeth Carmichael, who popularized the three-wheeled vehicle, the Dale, uh, in the 1970s during the American gas crisis. I don't even really want to tell you about her life story because I think that it is much better to go in cold. I didn't really know what it was about and I had it recommended to me by someone at Pop Sugar and started watching it and loved it. So I would recommend both of you watch that one. Um, another one on HBO that came out, I think last year is McMillions. And that's the story of how one man defrauded McDonald's out of millions of dollars based off that, um, do you like remember the, the monopoly, tickets that you would get? Like, oh my God, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. The monopoly on like yeah, the fries. Yeah, kind of the monopoly tickets on fries back mm-hmm. when they used to actually do the tickets and you didn't have to enter in some weird QR code or whatever to find out if you won. Um, I think you had to collect them. It was like playing Monopoly, wasn't it? You had to have both Boardwalk and Park Place. Maybe that, yeah, maybe it's one of those it where like, there are a billion of Park Place, but there's only one Boardwalk and the person who gets the Boardwalk wins. Uh, what, so what you, happens if they get, go to jail? Nobody goes to jail. I think that's someone did go to jail. Every, you case. go to jail. I mean, the police come and arrest you. That's how that goes. You call them and you say, hello, I've received, go to jail. Can someone like, please we're on our way. Away? Straight I, I was just, I was just out here trying to get a happy meal and now I have to go to jail. I think that one does a great job at showing you sort of the collateral damage of the scammers, the people who have been taken for granted and maybe made a wrong choice along the way, but should not have been impacted as much as they were by this person's frauds. I think that's a really important element to some of these stories. That's sort of how I feel about Gypsy Rose. Oh, Gypsy Rose. I feel like Gypsy Rose kicked off a whole other, all of a sudden, Munchausen by proxy became something that was in my everyday lexicon that everyone said. But her mom was a scammer and was dark. she ended up being a murderer. Yeah, if if anyone doesn't know the story of Gypsy Rose, she is uh was a little girl who was affected by all these different disabilities, supposedly. Um, and her mother, Dee Dee, that's the name, right? Yeah. Dee Dee Blanchard. Blanchard. So Dee Dee Rose, Dee Dee Blanchard was afflicted, but what what we would now call Munchausen by proxy, which is that she convinced herself that her daughter was so sick and needed her help and care all the time and was in turn giving her all of these prescriptions and going to different doctors to get prescriptions that her daughter didn't actually need, thus keeping her wheelchair bound um, and very sickly for most of her childhood. And they got a lot of money from a lot of these like make a wish type foundation places, basically a lot of trips was, to Disneyland, yeah. stuff so, like that. So it's a it was a way to keep herself in the spotlight and kind of that narcissism that we were talking about earlier. Of I'm very important and needed. Look at me. Pay attention to me. And for more on this story, you can find both a docu series and a scripted <laughs> series telling the story called The Act on Hulu. Yes, so choose your adventure. Which I could not get through, but Becky, I know you really liked The Act. I mean, saying I really liked it is a little. You enjoyed it the was act. Not, um, who was the actress? She was. I enjoyed for, the uh, act. Joey King. Ding. It was yeah, Joey King. She she got she got a nomination, right? For... Yeah, Joey King yeah. and Patricia Arquette. Uh, I thought did a really good job in it. It was good performances. Yeah, I. Enj- I, I mean, it's hard to be like I really enjoyed this really dark thing that I watched, but yeah, I mean, you know, Gypsy Rose has a very distinct voice, <laughs> much like Elizabeth Holmes. <laughs> yes, in a different, in a very different 
register. That which was I good. am not going to try to duplicate here. I think I'm more excited about this new class of scams that are going to be turning into um, movies and documentaries. And we'll take a quick break. And when we get back, we'll dive into a little bit of those. Okay, so like I was saying, I'm more excited about the new documentaries that are going to be coming out, specifically the one about Anna Delvey. That entire yes. story is just so enthralling to me and so fun. I mean, not fun. Fake New like, York kind Paris of fun. and Anna kind Delvey. Kind of fun. Yeah, it's kind of fun. It's all fun when it ends at Rikers Island. <laughs> yeah, all that fun. Yeah. <laughs> so much tell fun. Us, tell us about Anna Delvey for those who may not know. So Anna Delvey is an interesting case. She is a girl who basically transplanted herself into New York and became a part of the young New York social scene. She painted herself, no pun intended, as an art enthusiast. She knew a lot about art and was saying that she was going to open an art gallery, got invited to all these fancy parties. Everyone she knew thought she was also a rich heiress, much like them. Um, but they were yeah, casually throw that in there. She painted herself as a socialist, but also everyone thought she was a rich heiress. Like how I would, I would like to paint myself as a rich heiress. How do I go about this? I, don't, I don't know. I, she had, she had certain skills. Uh, like Liam <laughs> she Neeson. was a socialist. Insert, yeah. <laughs> insert Liam Neeson. I have a certain. You have to start by taking off your hoodie. No. How dare you attack fancier. my NASA hoodie? <laughs> the disrespect I, to our space I don't think station. She was, I think fancy clothes was a big part of it. So, Anna Delvey kind of immersed herself in this group of young socialites, decided that she would become one, and eventually was found out with fraud that she was. Uh, But there's something very interesting about the way that she sort of scammed and conned and frauded her way into this privileged group of people that I, I, I think, for one, am really excited to yeah, see. Yeah, she I mean, was that's like, if Eloise was a scammer, like she was living <laughs> right. in that hotel. She's in the Plaza Hotel just scamming people. Like she scammed her way to continue living. I think it wasn't the Crosby Hotel or like what used to be where the Crosby Hotel is. Um, but yeah. Oh yeah. No. And she was staying there under like her credit card that was continually declined. And she was always like, oh, it's going to be paid tomorrow. Don't worry about yeah, it. Yeah, And they were and just like, like okay. okay, that's totally fine. Right. In the meantime, like give me all the room service you have. Thanks. Yes, well, and that's another thing is that just involved in the story. I think that's why it's fun because all these people that are getting scammed and conned just other rich privileged people so you're like i don't really feel that bad for you yeah this one oh, yeah, this one's kind of like the bling ring yes oh my god <laughs> i love that movie only one she wasn't Emma stealing Roberts she best. was literally setting up all of these business meetings with banks and investors in i think it was at the hotel she was staying at down well, in the, it, the restaurant it's cafe still, it's still stealing if you're staying at a hotel and not paying the hotel <laughs> for your stay that counts as stealing she Fair wasn't enough. she wasn't robbing people's houses but Maggie, we have to go over what you consider a crime and what you don't. I know. Yeah, Maggie's like, I have, a, I have a high bar for crime time. Maggie's like, mm, that's just like a medical crime. It's not a real crime. Like, yeah, no, she no, she wasn't, rob- she wasn't robbing, directly robbing Paris Hilton's house, to your point. But yes, I, yeah, do I don't know what's legal in Portland, but all, where we I are in New York, if you. Okay, but let's, um, what are they, Zareen, what are they making this into? They're turning Anna Delvey's story into a Netflix um, television miniseries, which is going to be produced by Shonda Rhimes. So you know it's going to be amazing. awesome. Um, called Inventing So what you're telling Anna. me is that Reggae John Page is going to play <laughs> Yeah, Anna I know. <laughs> <laughs> reggae John Page is going to be playing Anna Delvey. 
going to do a great job. He's going to do a great see, job. I can see the Oscar in his <laughs> Honestly, his PR people it could make it happen. That's what I'm saying. I Netflix it. and Shonda so, Rhimes, like, give me the cash cow, man. No, I believe it. <laughs> I believe it. And then it's also getting turned into a play, right? Um, yes. Emma Corrin, who we remember from The Crown, where she played Princess Diana, is now going to play Anna Delvey in a stage play inspired by the real-life events of Anna Delvey's time as a con artist. Um, called that is Anna- ideal casting. Yeah. Called Anna X. Um, and that is going to start its run in the UK, and we'll see if it makes its way to Broadway. Okay. Well, clearly I know what I'm going to be watching this weekend now that I've already seen Operation Varsity Blues. It sounds like The Lady in the Dale might be next on my scammer series hit list. Um, Thank you, Maggie, for joining us and for providing your insight and expertise. No problem. Happy to be here. Okay, Becky, are you ready for this week's burning question? It's not going to be about murder, is it? No, no, I'm going to keep it light. I'm going to keep it fun. Okay, then yes. Okay, great. If you had to choose, you have so you have to start with a brand new set of friends. And these are the only friends you can hang out with for the rest of your life. Okay? You can't you can't substitute anybody. This is it. This is who you hang out with forever. Okay. Would you rather like those, hang this out? This is like those things at the beginning of quarantine where it's like I have to pick my quarantine house. Yes, yes. This okay. is your quarantine bubble. Great. Would you rather hang out with Ja Rule and Billy McFarland or Anna Delvey and her at New York social circle. How many people are in the social circle? I mean. Well, it's quarantine, so we'll only stick to like five. Five of her friends at most. Okay. I'm going to pick Anna Delvey and her New York social circle because that includes more people. Some of those people might not be deranged. And I think the rest of our circle were people were who had money, regardless of whether or not she did. So um, those people seem to have a better handle and better connections Billy McFarland's in solitary confinement, so I don't really know how that works. And I have you no and Jarl would out. be inside of his cell. <laughs> I have. <laughs> well, now you've got me. No, I'm just kidding. No, that's not. I've literally <laughs> quarantined and confined. No, no. I think there's a clear answer here. Okay. So DJ, play "Don't Be Suspicious" by John Ralphio and Mona Lisa Saperstein. <laughs> don't be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. If you like this episode, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. Have something to share? Email us at notoverit at popsugar.com. Not Over It is a podcast from Pop Sugar and iHeartRadio. It is hosted by me, Becky Kirsch, and Zareen Siddiqui. Our producer is Emily Feld. Our editor is John Ross. Our executive producers are Lisa Sugar and Brett Kushner. Thanks for listening. 